T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. Most of us are animal lovers, and we never want to see animals in distress or an emergency situation. So this weekend, let's talk to an organization who is there to help out. On the show this time, I'd like to welcome Virginia Borden. Virginia is president of On Call Community Rescue for Animals, or Virginia, as you guys like to call it, it's okra. Yep, that's it. Uh, it's a little bit easier than the, the long, <laughs> the long title. But it has nothing to do with that weird vegetable thing, right? Uh, no, I, I do enjoy okra, but it's spelled different. Um, so it, we just like to try and keep it very confusing. Excellent. <laughs> well, Virginia, welcome <laughs> to Let's Talk Portland, and tell us what is okra. Uh, so okra is a nonprofit organization. Uh, we've been um, we've existed for about six years. Uh, but just in this last year, we've uh, started kind of getting more word of mouth and growing. Um, basically, uh, our mission is we help transport animals and emergencies for first responders or community members. Um, and that's a pretty vague statement because we do a lot of different stuff. Um, and it's really case by case. We also have the after hours animal control contract in Multnomah County. So every night, uh, 365 days a year, we respond to animal emergencies in Multnomah County. What uh, made you want to get started with an organization like this? Yeah, so um, I was a 901 dispatcher in Multnomah County for about 11 years. I just had my last day there in July. And uh, just working there, you know, I did work a lot of nights. And we get a lot of calls for animals, um, injured animals, injured stray, injured wildlife, uh, all kinds of situations. Um, even animals kind of in tricky situations where they're, you know, caught in the fence or things like that. and there wasn't a lot of resources, um, and it was hard to not be able to help people with what to do or where to send them. So uh, I got a city grant about seven years ago to start working on this program, um, and it's changed a lot. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, not necessarily, I don't want to use the word red tape, but um, it's tricky, right? Anytime you're dealing with transporting animals or handling them, um, you know, getting insurance, all those kinds of things that go into it. But um, that's kind of, I saw a uh, need, a gap in, in services um, and need for a resource. Um, so that's kind of what started it. How dangerous is this type of work? Because you could be working with, well, you say you work with wild animals and also uh, pets, but, you know, it, it could be dangerous, right? Probably it's quite dangerous. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, what we do, we, we, we interview people. We have a very small team. We have a lot of safety equipment. 
Um, there is, we do train, but at the same time, there's so many situations that you can't really prepare for. And you just sort of figure it out in the moment with different kinds of equipment. Um, and uh, we have an, you know, of course we have insurance. Um, and then, you know, we, I know we're going to talk about it later, but uh, the Oregon Humane Society Tech Rescue Team, it's also a team I'm with. And uh, we do any kind of uh, emergency that needs rope rescues um, or uh, technical rescue or confined spaces. And so we do work with that team a lot as well especially when it's um, the safety risk is higher um, and it's, it's a lot bigger of an operation. Um, and we just are very, very careful. And if it's not safe for us to do and it puts anyone in danger, we don't do it. You know, it's really first priority. Just like any first responder, um, our, our own safety comes first uh, because we want our team to grow and last and, and be respected um, as making good choices, right? You said you were a 911 dispatcher. So what kind of uh, help was being a 911 dispatcher for you when you moved to uh, helping animals? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, having the connection uh, at the local dispatch agency, um, it was nice. So I kind of got to be a liaison for those other partner agencies like the OSTAR team. Um, and so people sort of, uh, when they weren't sure who to send someone to, they might reach out to me or they might ask me for certain numbers. It's just an extra piece of the puzzle, right? Having more people to contact, um, where do we send this person? What do we do? Um, and so from the dispatch chair, uh, I could often get things to the right team a little quicker. Uh, that's, that's another problem. You know, a lot of people get frustrated. Sometimes it takes 10 calls to get to the right person, or sometimes there's, there's just no response that's going to happen until the morning or, um, you know, we have to go get our gear. We have to, um, when we have a dog off cliff that we respond to, we have to um, get enough team members, get our gear, drive out. You know, it's a several hours response. But if we can get it to them quicker, even, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes quicker, I think it does make a difference. We're talking today with Virginia Borden, president of Okra, which is the on-call community rescue for animals. And with on-call in your name, does that mean you guys are available and on-call 24 hours a day? Yes. So we have a 24-7 phone number. Uh, Basically, I have it or one of our uh, other contractors have it. We've got a team of about five or six essential people on the team and then a few volunteers. So we we answer the phone all the time. If not... uh, you leave a message and we'll get right back to you. Um, like I said, there are a lot of calls outside of our county contract uh, that come in that are sort of just obscure, um, you know, strange situations. We get a lot of calls for abandoned farm animals or, um, like I said, wildlife. And so we really have to take those case by case and go through the proper sort of chain of command with local partner agencies and um and, uh, but we do, we do have that phone available. We want to be able to be a resource at least for someone to have someone to talk to and maybe get a better referral. Cause we know that's the most frustrating part, just not being able to talk to someone about the situation. And we'd like to help with that when we can. If somebody does have a need, they have a pet or a wild animal that's been injured or, or stray or something like that. How do they get a hold of your organization to help out? Yeah, so we, we have a website. The website is www.okrapdx.org, and that's O-C-C-R-A-P-D-X.org. Um, and you can read all about us, how we got started, uh, our phone number. You can also check our Facebook page. Um, our phone number is listed on all those. 
Um, and if, if you need it, your, the phone number, it's, uh, it is a public number, which is actually ringing by right now. Let me... <laughs> See, we're, <laughs> we're striking enough. up business already. Yeah. Uh, the number is 971-645-3450. Um, and like, I'm going to send this one to voicemail, but I'll check it right away and get back to them. It's probably about two, uh, we have two pigs that were abandoned on a property, um, here in Clackamas County. Um, that we may be helping to capture and transport uh, once a home is is arranged. So, um, yeah, it rings all day. Uh, so no worries. Uh, any hour of the night, you're welcome to call it. Uh, we're used to it ringing at odd hours. A little bit ago, you mentioned OSTAR. Tell us more about OSTAR because you're on that team yeah, too, love- right? Yeah, the OSTAR team. Uh, it's So in the, a, a lot of folks don't know about it. It's a great organization to just uh, keep on your uh, radar because um, it's been around for about 12, 12 to 15 years. It stands for the Oregon Humane Society Technical Animal Rescue Team. So uh, if you have uh, a dog that's gone over a cliff or uh, an animal in a confined space, or uh, we do have tree climbers for cats and trees, but uh, we also refer to a local arborist list. Uh, for the cats and trees, um, really things that just need technical rescue, animals down a uh, down like conduit or um, uh, just in a situation they can't get themselves out of. Uh, we we respond and we have, it's all volunteer based, um, and you can look us up online and uh, see some of the cool calls we've gone to. Um, it's uh, it's often nasty weather, and it's usually a big dog and uh, one of our favorite ones. It's a happy ending. Uh, we uh, lifted a 220-pound mastiff uh, last year that had fallen down a, a cliff and got him back up. His name was Roman, and uh, it was he was the biggest dog I've ever seen in my life. And we had to use extra large equipment, and it was just uh, everybody was really happy that we got him back to safety. And you know, we have hard calls too, but definitely check us out online and see what we do and keep the number handy. Um, cause that's also a 24 seven number. And you say OSTAR is all a volunteer team. How do you, uh, recruit for that and train people for that? Yeah. So we're recruiting all the time. If anyone's interested and in, even if you don't have any climbing or rope experience, uh, we do all our own in-house training. So when we, uh, recruit people, you can go to our, uh, page, the OSTAR page, just throw it in Google and it'll bring you to the, our page on the Oregon Humane Society website. And it'll give you a form to fill out to apply. Um, and when we interview, we just ask a lot of safety questions. Or, um, you know, we you, it's helpful to have some experience with animals. It's not necessary. Again, we do all our own in-house training. And you can go from, you know, being someone that helps carry equipment to being the person that goes over the edge and, and gets down to the dog. It's really up to you how far you want to go within the team. It's really like self-motivated. So we, you know, we've got about five or six climbers, tree climbers and rescuers that go over the edge, but, you know, the other 25 to 30 team members, you know, they carry rope, they, they use our mechanical advantage systems and pulleys and they, uh, those are just as essential, if not more essential than our rescuers, to be honest. Do you have any idea how many animals you've rescued over the years? Oh, I mean, in that's tough. Uh, myself with our, we have a rescue farm here in Oregon city. Um, and we have about 25 animals. And again, you know, part of, 
part of run in a rescue is, you know, there is loss too. We've taken a lot of, you know, special needs animals or that have existing, um, you know, physical injuries or past neglect um, or illness. So we've also had a lot of loss as well. Um, but uh, as far as, you know, okra and our county contract, um, you know, we've responded to about 250 to 300 uh, animals and tra- transports we've done in the last six months. So it's a pretty big number. Again, remember a few of those are litters of kittens <laughs> that don't take up a lot of room, but um, it does it does add up. And uh, as far as okra outside of our county contract, I think we're right around 30 to 40 just in the last six months. Um, quite a few of those were uh, injured wildlife. Um, and uh, that's, that's another tricky situation. We have to take wildlife case by case and we have to get permission from fish and wildlife anytime we transport um, and uh, just to stay within the statutes and the rules and the laws. Uh, we want to be, we want to be a program that, that fish and wildlife and that um, local agencies uh, like to work with or, or respect or have a good rapport with. Um, so we have to be very careful and follow the rules. Yeah. After you rescue these animals, uh, where do they go? What do you do with them? You know, um, so as far as our, you know, the let's talk about the, the abandoned pigs here. Um, so what we do is we, we have a relationship with several sanctuaries in the area and people just in the animal um, rescue community. And together, it's, we use a lot of social media. Um, we don't have a big following on social media yet. Um, you know, it grows slowly. But what we do is we, we send out the request to share the need for a home. A permanent home, a non-slaughter home, usually for these animals. And once we have a home arranged, uh, then we make a plan with a few volunteers. And I've got a livestock trailer, and like I said, we have a bunch of equipment. That's what all of our donations really go to: is our safety equipment, keeping our uh, vehicle and our uh, trailers up, you know, up and safe, and um, and getting our contractors and volunteers their safety equipment as well. You know, a good pair of bike gloves. It's 150 to 200 dollars. So just something like that gives people an idea. But once we once we have a, a plan in place, we'll go uh, transport and bring them to their new home. Of course, there's always those waivers and things that make our insurance not worry so much. And uh, and then for the county calls, uh, we transport either to Dev Lewis, which is an emergency vet hospital, or we take them to the Multnomah County Animal Control Shelter. So those are kind of the two spots we, we transport to after hours. We're talking today with Virginia Borden, president of Okra, which is the on-call community rescue for animals. Virginia, um, what's the number one thing that people do uh, in animal emergencies that you kind of wish they wouldn't do? Yeah, uh, and, and this is something we saw a lot from from the dispatch chair, right? When I was at 911, um, it's, it's, we understand the passion and and the want to help that people have uh, when they do see animals suffering or in emergency situations, right? It's that, it's that mother instinct or the survival instinct or the, I'm going to just go in there no matter what. And it turns bad very quickly. We've had lots of calls where people run into uh, busy roads or even the freeway to try and save a dog. And, and it turns into a traumatic injury for the person and even fatal. We've seen that several times. So 
Um, I know it's so hard for people not to engage right away and try and help them themselves. But if there was one thing that we would ask people to do is to just wait, take a deep breath, make a phone call. Um, I know it's not a quick response, but it's, it's worth your safety to not, to not put yourself in danger. You know, if you see an injured bird, you know, there's a lot of birds that can really hurt you. They can stretch their necks out. They can, they can even, you know, give you really pretty significant traumatic injuries. Um, and you wouldn't think so. Uh, but especially when an animal is injured, they're, they're not going to be friendly. They're scared and they'll, they'll bite or they'll respond, um, in a way you might not expect. So, uh, just try, try and, and stop and think for a moment and, and make some calls. Again, you're always welcome to call us. You can call if it's an emergency, you can call 911. Um, uh, and then we've also seen that when we've had like dogs that fall off cliffs, uh, owners, um, of course they want to save their own animal. And so they'll go over without the proper equipment. And we've seen that turn into uh, a person, a human rescue or a human fatality. Um, so if we just want people to keep themselves safe, you know, and in the long run, that's going to help the animal too. Yeah. Leave it to the professionals for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is a, what's the most common call you guys get? Uh, I would say the cat in the tree. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Even at nine one one, you know, and, and a lot of folks, and even in children's books, right, they'll show the fire department responding to a cat and tree. Yeah. And the fire department does not respond to cats and trees. <laughs> uh, they, it, <laughs> so that, that is just maybe one out of every few hundred or maybe other agencies might, uh, if they don't have anything else going on, but I can say for how busy um, uh, and, uh, you know, they have other emergency calls, but Multnomah County, Portland Fire and Rescue, those kind of agencies won't come out for the cat and tree. However, there are, there are resources. Uh, most cats do come down within four days. And that is why the OSTAR team has a four day wait, uh, wait time before we'll send a climber out. However, we have a list of local arborists that do not have that waiting period. Um, and so we can always refer people to the, that list of local arborists, or you can find it on the webpage. One of the arborists that we uh, referred to a lot. He's rescued over 500 cats and trees. Wow. Uh, and it's really, um, it's incredible to watch him do it. Um, and he's, he's done it a million times. Um, so don't, don't worry that the cat's not going to, you know, it's, they're going to be okay. You can, it's hard for people to leave their cat in a tree and, and try, try and sleep that night because they love their animals, of course. But I always tell people when they call, uh, one time we rescued a cat that was stuck in a wall for two weeks. Oh, wow. So they, they, they are hardy a few days. Uh, is isn't gonna, isn't going to be a fatal incident unless there's some other major issue going on. So wouldn't you think that through, yeah. wouldn't you think through evolution cats would have figured out how to get themselves out of a tree quicker than that by this time? Uh, you would think so. <laughs> I you know, I watch, we've got barn cats out here and I watch them do it. And I, I always tell them I'm not on duty. Don't you get stuck up there? Right. But, uh, <laughs> they, I, it shocks me the situations that cats get themselves into. It's always cats, cats in, in the oddest places and walls and homes and confined areas. 
And I'm always like, how did you get here? Right. Um, I should, we should probably just write a book on all the weird cat calls. <laughs> we've got. That'd be a great book. <laughs> so do you think cats yeah. are probably the strangest rescues you guys do? They get themselves into pretty odd situations. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I really do. I think that, um, it's always a cat when it's a, it's a tough, we have a couple of people on our O-Star team that we refer to because they've gotten really creative and we, call, you know, they're sort of our cat people. Like, what are we going to do with this one? What are we going to use? Because, um, it's very, you have to be MacGyver for some of these calls, especially if it's uh step down a drain or, um, just an unreachable area. Uh, it gets, it gets, it gets entertaining. Uh, but, it's shocking how long they can stay in one place and, and, and be okay when we, when we get them out. What's probably the best rescue you've ever done? Oh gosh. I have a, I have a few of my favorites, but, um, and I mentioned Roman, that, that big old mastiff we got up a cliff, uh, last year, but you know, another one that was pretty neat, it was, uh, in Canby, I believe. And this was with the O-Star team and we got, a call um, from there was neighbors and they kept hearing howling from a, a hill. And it was a fairly steep hill between two neighborhoods that was covered in brambles and blackberries, um, you know, probably 10 feet, 12 feet deep in certain areas. And they didn't know what it was coming from, but it's been going on over a week. And so we responded and we could hear it too. And we knew that was a dog. So we just, got the machetes out. We made a plan. We, uh, I covered myself in, um, I'm going to forget the name of it now, but it's basically, a, uh, to protect you from poison oak, uh, because it was everywhere and just went, uh, we did a high angle rescue, went down, had the drone out and, uh, somehow that needle in a haystack, we found this little dog just buried. Uh, we don't know how he got in there, but he was okay. And uh, put him on a little harness, got him up the hill. My team uh, pulled me up on the rope. And it was just, we need calls like that. It just We were so elated and happy uh, because he wasn't going to make it out of there. There's no way. So uh, it makes all the hard calls or the calls where it's not a happy ending so much better. I think that call kept my heart just happy for a year, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's worth it. And this is why we do all our training. This is why we constantly are recruiting people is to be able to save that little guy, you know, and, and his owner came forward. She had no idea how he got there, but he'd been missing for over a week. Wow. Yeah. And you can actually look that call up. They did a, uh, an article and you can see some neat pictures of him and he's just the happiest little He's like an Aussie, an Aussie mix, little tiny thing. And he didn't have a back tail, which is tough to put a, we make a rescue harness out of webbing like you would on a person even. Um, a lot of the things we do is similar to what the fire department uses um, for their technical rescues. But when, it, when a dog doesn't have a tail, that back harness is tough to keep on. So it was sliding off of him. So by the end, I was just basically carrying him up the hill. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. That's a very sweet story. So we've got about a minute left. Let's, uh, let's tell people how they can get a hold of you and how they can help you out by uh, maybe making a donation or, or volunteering. Absolutely. Um, so we 
we you, when you go to our website www.okrapdx.org, uh, you can see uh, what kind of volunteers we're looking for, um, and even if you wanted to be a contractor, uh, we now and then add more contractors to the county contract as well. So, and you can always reach out to me or email me to talk about it and talk about your level of interest. And I'm happy to talk about the OSTAR team as well. As far as donations. Uh, right now, we have our Great Pumpkin Drive going on, and this is sort of our one big fundraiser of the year. And what we do is we collect everyone's leftover pumpkins. We have two drop spots. There's one in Northeast Portland and one in Oregon City. And you can bring all your non-rotting pumpkins. It's fine if they're carved, but we collect those pumpkins and drive them around to local sanctuaries because the farm animals love the pumpkins. And uh, it's also a fundraiser this year. So there's a link on our page. Uh, you can donate. You can donate pumpkins. You can buy a T-shirt. We've got some great little T-shirt designs on Bonfire. And all of the fundraising, all the donations, it gets split between the four sanctuaries that we're supporting this year. Uh, and that is the Oregon Donkey Sanctuary in Oregon City, the Rewild Farm Sanctuary up in Kingston, Washington, Out to Pasture in Estacada, and Wildwood Farm Sanctuary in Newburgh. Well, Virginia, so that is a, that's a great way to support us this year. Yeah. It's obvious that you're an animal lover and you love what you do with animals. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. I do. I do. <laughs> and I appreciate people that care and, and make those calls. We, we appreciate the community trying to get them help too. We've been talking today with Virginia Borden, president of Okra, on-call community rescue for animals. Thanks, Virginia. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.